0: DNA from above the water and below the surface. It's who I am. Alrighty, good day and welcome to Al McGlashan's podcast. It is the best life on earth, but this time it's a special edition because I've got the lovely Mary O'Neill. Welcome to the show.
1: G'day, guys. G'day, Al. How's it going?
0: Now, look, <laughs> you've got a bit of both sides. You're an Aussie and now you're in the US. Yep. And pretty exciting because we've got a lot of similarities like you know working up and making it happen ourselves so you started out doing the acting right Mm -hmm. just normal went to LA normal thing and Mm -hmm. then then changed and ended up in Nashville
1: yeah pretty much what happened was I I had studied a conservatory of acting actually at Queensland at the New York Film Academy at Warner Brothers there and my goal was to move to LA afterwards and I thought that that was going to be the actor's dream go over there and make it so, I went over there with, you know, as a struggling actor, about 10 grand in my pocket, and I ended up working in this hostel. Couldn't find any good friends. I struggled so bad. And I realized that LA just was going to change me as a person if I actually stayed there. But I loved country music. And so I was like, well, why don't I head down to Nashville and go to the country music festival down there? I went down there and just fell in love with the South, fell in love with the town. And so I went back to Sydney, and instead of having my towel between my legs, I thought, well, let's look at that. Why don't I look at putting my entertaining skills and my love of country music together, and if I can find a way to make a career from that, I'm, I'm never going to have to work a day in my life.
0: See, and this is the perfect thing. Now, a lot of people that are listening to this, you know, all my podcasts are hardcore fishing and hardcore hunting, but it's about the crux of it it's about changing your life and making and doing what you love right now you're a mad keen hunter as well and that's yes. what we're bringing in but the important thing is that you change and went right I'm gonna go and make this work but let's get into the hunting side of it because mm-hmm. you're now so you've been doing Nashville and you know you're on the red carpet there aren't you but now you're doing a hunting show on the outdoor channel aren't you
1: I am so actually my family in Australia um have a small cattle farm on the southern highlands and I grew up going down there every weekend riding dirt bikes and all of this and i always wanted to get into hunting but i had nobody to help me and i had ex-boyfriends and whatever and they wouldn't take me because they said it was a bloke's a bloke's place and it wasn't it wasn't a place for the girls and so i actually had a bow and i used to practice target shooting on my farm and i didn't get into hunting until i got over to the states and my now husband um took me out and I he said do you want to go turkey hunting and I was like absolutely I had wanted to for so long and he took me out and I just fell in love with it straight away there is for me it is so empowering to be able to hunt for your own food um and just get outside you know we're living in this world now where social media just rules our lives and it's really hard to disconnect and for me it's a it's a it's the opportunity to do that
0: yeah and do you know what the big thing there is and that's what I loved when we met now, Mary and I met, so one of our good mates, Mitch Pierre, who's the one of the head honchos at the Sportsman's Channel, the Outdoor Channel, all that, sent me an email and said, I've got this great friend coming over, she wants to go fishing. I don't need any excuse to go fishing. <laughs> Mary came out and we went fishing. We probably should digress for a minute onto our feet. And actually, no, we'll go back to <laughs> We'll go back to the fishing. But the thing is, as soon as we were chatting about it when we we're on the water, one of the big things I find really hard that in Australia, exactly as you just said, If you're a girl, you don't seem to be, fishing and hunting seem to be a boys thing. Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't realise this till I was in the US myself, Mm -hmm. because I went over there, every second person's a girl fishing with a bloke. In Australia, there's bugger all of them. Mm -hmm. And I get really frustrated, because A, you guys are better fishermen, or fisher girls, or anglers, whatever you want to call it, in a lot of ways. And yet, for some reason, it's, it's a macho boys thing here. And yet you go to the US in 10 minutes, you're at turkey
1: hunting. And it's a strange thing too, because what I found is since I got into it and I, and, and what you were saying actually about girls being better, for some reason girls have, and this isn't everybody, but precision seems to be an easier thing to achieve with women in terms of archery and um, I don't know why with fishing too, but I've, I've noticed Rhythm. that. Yeah, and I, that must be what it is. But um, since I got into it and I've been fairly successful, my old mates from back here who had shunned me all want me to no come way. hunt with them now. No way for the yeah, oh. so now I'm like, oh, I'm the girl that can do it. But they didn't want to teach me. But now I can probably out hunt most of them. So.
0: <laughs> do you know what's really interesting with that? So with, and I reckon you're dead right. So with um, fishing, a bloke has brute force. You know, like we just wrench on the rod as hard as you can to beat a fish is about rhythm it's about and it's about doing it smoothly so guys just pull on the rod yank as hard as they can and it's a simple thing you want that rod loaded up the same as you lift it and when you drop it back down because the rod actually does the work you know when says you lift the rod up if you hold it there the rod will actually start to straighten naturally so you Mm -hmm. don't have to do the work Mm -hmm. the bloke's wrenching as high as he can he's dropping as quick as he can winding the fish falls off after bloody time you know it's just so frustrating yet a girl just naturally has that rhythm. So they're actually really good at it. And you know, one thing that's really interesting is that in fishing, they think, oh, how can someone fish you know, 80 pound gear or you know, heavy gear? It's all about rhythm and it's about your pivot point and when you're harnessed in and how you use it. So you don't have to be a big fat bloke like me or something. You can be a little thin, petite girl and you can actually catch really big fish, but it's all about that skill and that rhythm. So.
1: And the skill is a big part of it too. And I think um, coming back to what we were saying before about um, not the guys not taking me out, I think what I realised was once you show them that you've earned your place, they're fine. Because yeah. you, it's, it, it's a funny thing, but once you've shown that you have dedicated yourself to learn it as a craft, to become professionally skilled in it and you are educating yourself in it, They're fine with it and I don't know it's like that's
0: but you've got to teach them see this is the big so my two boys when I started hunting you'd love this my old man gave me a 22 and this is out in western New South Wales Mm. he goes go and shoot something see if you can shoot something for dinner I went oh beauty no worries he goes if you don't shoot anything you get no dinner yeah and I've got this 22 I said what about safety what about that he goes don't point at anything you don't want to shoot don't
1: blow your foot off
0: oh right so I went out and shot a pig came back to, Dad, I've got a pig. He's like, you didn't get a pig? I went, yeah, yeah, like you know, for, for everyone from America, hogs over there, as they call them, yeah. wild pigs, we got the same sort of problem, you know? Yeah. And so shot this pig and because when they raid the crops down here, they're grain fed, so they're really good to eat. Mm. So I went out and ate it and it was bloody unreal. And that was the same thing, exactly as you're saying for me, it's all about, with, with hunting, it's all about providing for the family and knowing where your food comes from. To me, and it's fishing as well. You catch heaps of fish, you take one home to eat, you let the rest go, you know. To me, that is being the ultimate conservationist that you balance with nature. But knocking over that pig, like my old man didn't teach me to do it. So if it's a girl doing it, how do you you learn the basics? Like my two boys, I'm showing how to track, how to read the the environment going, Mm -hmm. right, see these trees here? There's the Samba deer being browsing on these and all this. And Jim, who we did last week, so one of my good mates, Jim Penny, which, how's this for funny? So we're sitting there, and I said, right here, Jim, how many people have you got on Instagram? And he goes, 286. I went, 286,000? My God, <laughs> you're so popular. I can't believe it. He goes, no, just 286. Now, I reckon we're going up a bit, because how many have you got on Instagram?
1: Um, 79.8.
0: We're going to call that 80,000. 80,000. 80, 80,
1: I was telling Al before, it, it actually goes up over eighty thousand, just depending on what I post. Come on, so, what,
0: what is? Let's let's get down to the nitty
1: gritty because I reckon okay, this Okay, so well. if I ever post a photo with another guy, I drop hundreds of followers instantly. Really? Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. So. And then sometimes I'll, if I haven't posted like any of my hunts in a while, and I've like recently posted my black bear hunt, I lost a few followers and stuff like that and to me like i get it not everybody wants to see hunting but i just ask people to educate themselves on it before they judge it because i eat everything that i kill and there is a reason why there's conservation seasons it
0: is and to me it's a massive priority that even like we were saying with jim so we got him his first samba deer the other week down Mm. victoria and you know one thing i really like so he we glass the deer, so it's unlike the US where they sit, do a lot of tree stands and mm. stuff like that. We do a lot of walking and glassing and you know, but they call it glassing in the US as yeah, well.
1: Yep, yeah. yep. That's, that that's how birds. they hunt mule deer.
0: Ah, oh, so that's for yeah. mule deer. So it's the same thing. So you're looking a lot, saw the deer, tried to work out where they're going. So it's really strategic, mm-hmm. outsmarted them, got in the position and they walked straight out in front of us, mm-hmm. shot his deer and he said, you know what? The best thing I really loved is that I fired the shot, it fell over and he goes, and now I'm eating it every day. And if you follow it, you can see it on our Instagram channels that we're cooking it. I love that fact. That, yep. And do you know what? This is what I was actually doing. I keep going off on these tangents. No, the
1: it's, con- it's just too much to talk about, Al. It is. <laughs> and
0: he, he sits there and when, he, when we're doing the photo, he put his hand on it. I heard him go, oh, he just went, oh, thanks. Like, how's that for an appreciation? Yeah. It's not like some yobbo gun, which is a redneck. Is that a redneck for the Yanks, a yobbo? Um,
1: um, yeah, yeah kind of or oh, yeah. maybe but re- yeah I
0: don't know yeah no. <laughs> Yobbo is an Aussie term for someone who's just I don't know doesn't give a damn I suppose is the word probably, for it probably yeah and he just you know and he was just really appreciative of, of the fact that it took the animal's life but now he's eating it yeah and like you said I understand people you know see it in a different light but if you're eating it there is nothing wrong with it like as far as i see hunting it's feeding my family and it's exactly the same with fishing mm-hmm. we go to extreme lengths to let all these fish go and there's nothing wrong with taking the odd the odd fish home to eat because they're bloody good eating as well mm-hmm. and do you know what if you went and bought at the supermarket if you look at say your carbon footprint or anything like that doing it yourself i can guarantee is a million times less so you're a lot better for the environment no
1: but not only is it a it's a million times less it's actually 20 times more expensive. And this is what people don't understand. It costs us more as hunters and fisher men and women than what it does to actually go to the supermarket. It's more time, it's more financial investment. So to be able to take away a harvest at the end, of course we're going to. We're not not using the plastics up, we're not buying, and and also it's not farm bread. They've lived a good life out in the wild. Yeah, exactly. And you know where it comes from and you know how it died. And that's something that I love as well. You know, it's like you'll train you as a fisherman. You're out on the water all the time. So you're always, you're always trained. You know when you hook up a fish, you know how it's going to die. It's the same with me with archery. I won't go out and go hunting unless I have been shooting and I know that I can make a good shot. That, for me, is the biggest thing. I want yeah. the animal to have the queen, cleanest, quickest death. And then, you know.
0: And that's a respect thing, that you wouldn't take a pot shot if you didn't think you're going to knock it over. No. And I get frustrated with guys that, or, or just people that, and it, it's this, as you said before, that they seem to become dis, dis-tuned with nature now because they live in these concrete jungles mm-hmm. and they never leave it. So you don't actually understand what's going on in the real world, I mm-hmm. suppose you could say. And I get really frustrated with some of the, the silly things that they talk about. I mean, I had a classic example, and this is true. Like, you have to sit down to listen to this. I was at a party, and this girl comes up to me and goes, I can't believe you go hunting and fishing and kill stuff. I went, well, no. I go. said, I let lots of them go. And I said, to be honest, it's, I'd feed the family and that's it. And, she, and I said, look, I, I suppose you're vegan, vegetarian, whatever it is. She goes, of course I am. I went, righty I said, and I totally respect that for you, but I like eating meat, and I like knowing where it comes from and mm-hmm. my fish. And I said, but let's have a look at it. Let's start with your shoes. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, they're made of leather. And she looked at me like I did. I go, you know, the leather is the skin of the cow. I said, let's just bring this back down to real basics. Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah. I went, I'm pretty sure I'm talking for every cow out there that I'd prefer to be killed rather than being skinned alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you, uh, uh, that's how out of touch people are mm-hmm. you can't have one view but be the other extreme at the other end so you go oh no hang on we're doing that but i can still wear leather mm-hmm. where does the leather come from it's just yeah it's frustrating that people don't understand and for me i'm teaching my kids how to do it and they both shot their first year last year i think it was mm-hmm. the year before both of them had to gut them out do all the all the gross bits, you know, mm. clean it. And then they had to dress it down and turn it into chops and steaks and, you know, all the, all the different cuts. But we are having dinner and Cooper, the younger one, there were a bunch of friends around, he turned around in the middle of dinner at the table and goes, do you know what? I provided this for everyone.
1: Yeah. How is that? No, but that's the thing. It is so empowering. It yeah. is so empowering. I recently... Um, shot a deer in nebraska and completely cut it skinned it cleaned it myself and the amount of meat that i got off that bark was i mean that will feed us for six months that's the thing
0: so you fully processed it know where it comes from we were just having before you came in today we're doing a big documentary on southern bluefin tuna and it's a lot of politics around it but part of what we're doing is teaching people that if you take a fish, what you need to do with that fish. So mm. you don't just bring it on board, put it in the back of the boat. You've got to bleed it and process it and, and get it iced down because they're actually partially warm blooded. Mm. So people go, oh no, you just put a fish on ice. You go, no, if you were if they were putting a cow that you know, a beast was going to the abattoirs, you don't kill it and leave it in the paddock for three hours. You kill it, you bleed it, it gets processed down. Mm. We're trying to teach people the fish as well. But that exact same thing is that if you're gonna take it this is what you need to do to fully utilise it. So take everything mm. off it, make sure you're maximising it mm. and don't waste anything. Yep. And I remember when I shot my first ever deer and it was a Samba deer, so it's slightly smaller than an elk and a, obviously a moose, but it's a lot bigger than, say, reds and muleys and all the other deer. Mm. Shot it and I looked at it and went, what the hell do I do with this? This mm. massive, you know, 400 pounds of deer and I'm in the middle of the bush. Mm. Look at it going, so I went to a butcher and said, show me how to cut these up. Now, I... I absolutely take great pride in the fact that, you know, the other night we had it all marinated a, a front shoulder and sitting there and everyone's just plowing down. We'd flame grilled it on the barbecue and it,
1: bloody awesome. Absolutely. It's awesome. You oh, know, I love it too.
0: Now I've got to ask you, turkeys, yes. what turkeys. do they like to eat? I've never uh, I've seen one in the US, but I've never, never tried to eat them.
1: Wild turkey for me, and everybody has their own different tastes and opinions, but for me, I think hands down, it is so much better than farm bread turkey. It's so juicy. It depends on where you shoot it as well. In Nebraska, there's a lot of cornfields. So they're really, really yummy and they're bigger. Um, Down in Florida, they've got all the fruit farms and stuff like that. So it just depends on where you get it as to like they slightly change taste a little bit. But I absolutely love wild turkey. Um, One of my favorite things to do is put it on the barbecue, wrap it in bacon with some cayenne pepper. Oh. and then a tiny little bit of um brown sugar on top put a toothpick in it and put it on the barbecue and barbecue it up and it's just the best
0: that's unreal yeah. see we don't get any turkeys we don't we've got ducks i suppose there's a few places you can get ducks but nothing like a turkey we, like how big's the, the breast on a turkey like it's a proper like a, like it's like a processed. Like, like like a, what fun, you would like. get
1: yeah, yeah like so what you huge. would get for um what do you call um easter or whatever yeah, 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 christmas yeah big oh really wow. big so how do you
0: hunt a turkey
1: So, um, you call it in, so you would set decoys out, uh, you get up, so you, you either go in first thing in the morning or in the afternoon, um, they'll come down just before, just before sunrise, you will want to see where they've roosted, which means where they've slept up in the trees Mm. for the night, and they'll start to gobble, once they start to gobble, all the hens and um, turkeys will all talk to themselves in the trees. Oh really? Yeah, they Good all, having, all a little having a little mother's chat. Mother's mating
0: up in the trees. Yeah.
1: Um, what you really want to do is the night before see where they've roosted so that you can creep in close by. Um, then you'll set out a decoy and you can call a turkey in from anywhere to... Oh, see, I've been hunting on yards, so what would 500 yards be? let's say let's say 300 meters yep. you could call in a turkey i mean even probably a bit longer than that depending on who you're with and how far how loud their call is you'd call them into the decoy and then you shoot them with a shotgun oh wow so
0: they come into you
1: they'll come into you so and what? it's one of the most incredible things to see it is awesome can
0: you call a turkey for me now how does it no
1: sound? i need it so you've got there's a slate call a pot call and a mouth call the mouth call actually has reeds in it like you have oh, right. on a musical instrument little reeds and you put that into your mouth and you call um and it goes into the roof roof of your mouth most of the guys that i know over in the states have been doing this since they were like eight years old and so they're really good turkey callers for a beginner you'd use a pot call which is like a slate and it's got a little um wooden stick and it hits against the glass but you can youtube any of this stuff to learn how to do That's it fascinating
0: yeah now let's go back so when you went to the US you're over in Nashville let's talk a bit about the other side of it mm-hmm. that because I find that fascinating you ended up and you ended up doing the red carpet and everything for all of the country music and all that and
1: yeah so um I pretty much decided I was going to go over to the states and just start interviewing artists and I would go over, interview as many artists, like up and coming artists, artists in the bars, as I could, come back to Australia. I worked on reception and would save up every penny that I could, fly back to Nashville, do it again, come back to Australia. And I did that like five times before the Country Music Channel asked if I could be their red carpet host for the CMC Awards. So that for me was like a big game changer because then it was like, okay, now I'm being noticed and people are actually taking my work seriously. So then I interviewed some of the biggest international artists for that, and that just meant that I was able to then take it up another notch when I got back to Nashville. And my goal was to end up um, interviewing on the CMAs, which is the biggest country music event of the year in Nashville, the Country Music Association Awards, downtown Nashville on the red carpet there. And I did that last year.
0: That is awesome. And this is the important thing. This is why, because some of the guys that would listen to this are going, hey, you're not talking enough fishing and hunting. But the whole idea of this podcast for me, because everyone asks, how did you get the best job in the world? It is exactly that. Mm. Everyone thinks you just walk into it. It's bloody hard work. Mm. It's doing everything for nothing for years and years. It's working at receptions, chopping down a tree, whatever it is. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to get you on, because it's that persistence that you just don't give up. Like, I, I, remember, I remember one month when, in the early days when I was doing all the magazines, I earned $30. Yeah. That was the whole month, $30. dollars mm. Like, and you, you try and explain to people and they go, oh, how do you get a job like yours? You work bloody hard. You fly across to Nashville. You go and do it all for nothing. You fly back, work at reception. You fly back, you keep going. Anyone that wants a job like we have, you just have to keep going. You must never accept failure and just keep going, isn't it?
1: No, I can tell you I probably invested into myself... And I'm talking back even into the acting days where I went to school, and I would do free work for everybody so that I could get experience on set, etc. And then leading up to me going to Nashville, I probably spent over $150,000 on myself to get flights, camera equipment, editing, all of that stuff before I got an actual job.
0: That's it. And you know what the important thing is? That you kept doing it yourself. Even now doing the podcasts, We're doing ourselves like you should see the setup it is well it's just
1: it's it's just basic but this is all part of it because i mean not everything you're gonna you're not gonna get paid for everything you've really got to have a passion for it and the biggest thing that i have learned is do something that you love because you you will feel like you've never worked a day in your life so for me now the the money is great when i get it and the jobs are great but i love just being a part of this community and industry and that's the outdoor and country lifestyle country yeah. music community
0: well you've got that perfect blend have you You've got two things you love they intermingle almost yes or they back to back almost yeah and you get paid to do it and the thing is this is the important thing is if you want this style of work you just keep going to get it everyone can do it because the opportunities are there and you've got to seize everyone and you never accept failure because i look back over the years and i'm sure there's a few there for you too mary that you just Mm -hmm. go oh god what did i do you've stuffed up or you've done things or it's just gone the other way or you've put everything into it and they've taken the other person for it you miss gigs and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but you just keep going
1: yeah and and also there is a little bit of a tall poppy syndrome thing that we get in australia unfortunately sometimes and i love australia but i've it happens where people start to cut you down when you start to have some success. And you just have to look past that because at the end of the day, you can, all you need is a handful of good people around you. You don't need to be friends with everyone. Be good to people along the way. Treat them well. But if if you work hard, it will end up coming back to you.
0: Yeah, and do you know what? It's that genuine thing. And I reckon if you're genuinely passionate about it, it's infectious. Yeah. Everyone around you loves it because you love it. You go, oh, you know, we're out fishing, we're doing this and we're offshore and, you know... But with now with social media where you get the trolls that are on you so hard mm-hmm. these days, just ignore it. That's what it is, isn't it? Because social media for us now is such an important part of it and it's changed. So when I first started doing the writing, I was using slide film, so not even oh digital. So I'm, I shot some photos and in one of the earlier podcasts I talked about some of the best photos I took. There was a guy with marlin fishing off Sydney. We're reversing up, there's fishes there. And I've run down the back to get the shot because I thought they'd have it on the leader. The marlin be jumping. It's jumped. They pulled the boat out of gear. It's come up the back of the boat. The bloke standing on the side, and it speared him square in the clacker. Oh! Absolutely spare Yet yeah, absolutely, I had no idea I had the shot. I thought I had something there because I'd shot Preston. I had to go in and sit in the um the lab waiting for the strip of film to come out, and it is the perfect shot. And even. The spear is pointing right in, and you can see the depression in his bum cheek. Oh. But you never, you never knew that that's what it was. Now with photos, oh, you pull out yeah. your phone, your yeah. cameras, the digital cameras. It's changed everything, which means we have a whole lot more competition. And it's like this: doing it for whether we're doing podcasts or whether it's someone else trying to get on that red carpet and push you out of the way. Which, believe me, they try and do every mm-hmm. day. That it's just you've got to be genuine, and I think it's, I reckon it's authentic you're passionate and authentic about it because people genuinely appreciate it
1: no i think that too and i think that most people are a lot you've got to give humans more credit than what they most people would like to think everybody wants to be surrounded by good people and they want authenticity and that's i think that's why i love the outdoors so much because i genuinely generally come across people like that the you passionate, know, the they? They're passionate, aren't they? passionate are not they they are passionate and just down to earth. I feel like people that get outdoors and just find time to just cut off from the rest of the world, they're on to something. <laughs> yes. Do you know what?
0: And every podcast I do it, because I give the greenies a hard time in this country because yeah. they're just out of touch. So every time I do it, and each time I tell them to stop sipping their lattes in their little cafe surrounded by the concrete jungle and get outdoors and go and see the genuine, you know, go and see nature go and catch a trout up in the high country there go and knock over a deer and bring it home and feed the family because mm-hmm. it's the best thing they mm-hmm. hate me for it every time i do it but every time i do a podcast i do the same thing because i think you're right is that if they they step away from nature you, you're not disillusioned you, you're out of touch you don't quite understand and you're just I don't reckon you're as good a bloke, to but, put
1: it bluntly. But we are a part of nature, and I'm not saying that to be a hippie. Like, no. We are. We are a part of nature, and that's exactly what you're saying. That's part of why we've got so many issues with climate change and all of that stuff these days. I mean, don't even get me started on that. But, yeah, we are part of nature, and you just got to get back to basics sometimes. Yeah, and
0: even... So the other day, so Mary came out fishing with us, and the great thing about Sydney is that picked up down at uh, down at Rose Bay, cruised out the front. Like, Sydney Harbour's an awesome spot. Mm-hmm. You're trying to explain, do you know what? There's 630 different species recorded in Sydney Harbour. Now, oh that, gosh. to give, put that in perspective, is the whole of Northern Europe, there's less, There's I think it's 212, so it's three times as many, and what it is, the East Australian current comes down, mm. so it brings all the tropical fish, and they all end up, Parking in the harbour, so you've got all these southern ones and all these northern ones. But how good is it you can run straight out the front, and we're catching little kingies. You caught your first kingie, yeah, Then your awesome. second kingie, then your third, <laughs> then your fourth. Like how good is it that it's on your doorstep, and then you get a coffee.
1: Yeah, I love it. There, it's like that's one of the great things about Australia. You've got absolutely everything right here.
0: How is it when you're hooked up though? Like you know, it was a little bit slow at the start because we pulled up on there's an artificial <laughs> reef there and pulled up and went and all my mates one of my good mates mark the dock had been out he goes oh there's tons of fish so we drifted over and we went, yeah. nothing drifted over nothing drifted over nothing you're looking at me we had young zach with us not your husband zach you this know, was a little, little tiny zach <laughs> he'd never caught a kiggy and all he wanted to go fishing and james every one of my mates it was his cousin or his brother or what. put some really i'm no good on relatives. <laughs> and then you caught one and Well no,
1: Zach caught the first one and then then, no, he caught the first one and then I was like, Oh, the heat is on because I'm meant to be (laughs) on competition with this ten year old and he was already (laughs) whooping my butt and it wasn't for like another twenty minutes that I got mine, but then after that they started to come in.
0: And then it was deep but this one shot, I've got a photo, it will (laughs) put up on Instagram where well, you're holding up the king, and he is giving you the dirtiest.
1: Oh looking. my gosh, I've seen that one. He's like, because mm. you've got the biggest. fish. <laughs> I know mine was bigger. And he's like this, that was staring at you. I like, and I that
0: didn't that even realise we caught that till to later. To, later on, I'm like, mm, he's not happy about it. Yeah, because at
1: first he was like, oh, I'm beating you, I'm beating you. I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I got to the four, I I reeled in four, and he reeled in three, and I was like, look who's winning now. Very mature. You memory. can do it.
0: Like I love the fact that you can just race out down the river yes, bang yes. get straight onto it and it was funny i do a column in the daily telegraph that was started because of that it's all on your doorstep that every, sydney's very multicultural these days it's just about every everyone from every four corners of the earth seemed to live here and the paper was trying to struggle with you know how you get people to read the paper so I was doing my first ever TV show back then, Strike Zone TV, which was on community TV. Mm-hmm. And I rang them up and said, oh, I'll, I'll do a column for free just if you promote the promote it for me, you know. And they went, oh, yeah, we'll do that. They rang me up within three weeks and said, we'll pay you for this.
1: Said, Fantastic. Why? And
0: you know what it was? Everyone goes fishing. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like exactly yes. as you said earlier on, people that do all those outdoor sports, whether it be fishing, hunting, hiking, just think... I don't want to say better blokes, that's not the right word for it, but they just seem to be a bit more, maybe easy going's the word for it, more cruisy, you know? I just
1: think that you, if you're, all you're doing is living in a box world where you live in your box house, you wake up, you go and eat your cereal, which is a box, look at your phone, which is a box, get in your car, box car. then you go to the office box, sit in front of a box computer, yes, go home, you're living in a box world and you're never getting out, and actually just refreshing your mind. Like, you can't operate like that forever. You can't. You're on autopilot. And I know because I've been there before. I have, you know, have you ever been in a grind, like maybe in your early 20s or something like that, where it's been a couple months stint and you haven't, maybe not you.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not the best example for that one.
1: (laughs) When I was in my early 20s, um, before I made the leap of faith to go into my acting, acting school to do the degree... My parents wanted me to go and get a degree because my parents both academics. And so mum was pushing me to go and get a communications degree. And so I was working in an office in the city and then yeah. doing my degree. And I hated, it was Groundhog Day every day. I hated it. I'm like, for me, go and stick me down on the farm with a dirt bike, cold beer and leave me by myself. Like that's, that's exactly. it and it was, it was the worst absolute worst and so I know because I've been in that grind before and I just made the decision that this is not how I'm going to live my life anymore.
0: And that's it and do you know what and this is this is exactly why I got you on here for this podcast because I want people they will go oh, how do you get a job like yours? Pull your finger out. Take a go, leap
1: of faith. You go, have to. i doing it.
0: And don't think it works overnight. You no. know everyone goes oh you're just instant success. Nah it's not. You still work your absolute butt off constantly but if you just believe in it like i always said when i was going to do it i said right i'm going to do the magazines and you know and i always wanted to show what we were seeing so Mm -hmm. that was why it was naturally always photography and then it moved into the tv and obviously that whole side's really growing now but the biggest part for me is not catching the fish it's sharing even the other day when we're fishing the whole time i don't think i caught a single fish which, which Young Zach brought that up quite constantly. (laughs) Once you beat him, he turned it on to me, you know. Al didn't
1: even get any. Al didn't get a fish. So I was
0: driving. I love that whole thing of being a part of it. Yeah. I love taking my kids out. Even with everyone else, like, you guys all catch your first fish. I've been there, done that. For me now, I go, oh, how can I... All I want to do is get the photo. But it's that taking people out and getting their first fish or their first... You know, especially marlin. Mm. There's just something about it. Like, you caught your first... Blue Marlin?
1: Yes, I did. Um, so for my honeymoon, we went to Cabo um, and we, we, it was called Lands End Charter, took us out and I was the only one, well, actually, Zach kind of gave it to me. I first got a bite and I lost it. And then Zach said, all right, my turn. And then he got one. And he passed it to me and i lost it again (laughs) and then he just said look i'll just let you get a mile and it's fine and so he actually let me be the only one really fishing that day third bite i got the mile and it ended up weighing about 280 pounds catch and release Yeah, yeah so took me about 40 minutes to reel him in those things are so beautiful oh my gosh i can't even tell the guy actually had to hold the bottom of it for me for a little bit while i was reeling it in because i just couldn't it was so much weight for me But I had no idea um, how much of a workout it would be to get them in. But seeing them just jump in and out of the water right in front of you while you're bringing them in is just spectacular. And then the colours, when they get close up to the boat and just looking at the colours all through the water.
0: They're so beautiful. It's so
1: beautiful. I will never forget that.
0: Well, you know what? That was one of the reasons I started doing the photography because in the early days, all I wanted to do was catch marlin. And in those days, it was all yellowfin tuna and stuff. The funny thing is, now we want to do is catch yellowfin, but there's no yellowfin now. There's yeah. heaps of marlin. Yeah. And I remember we saved up, went to Hawaii, learned to catch blue marlin there. Of course, you troll for blue marlin. Yeah. It doesn't work for striped marlin like we catch here. The yeah. damn things fall off all the time. So yeah. we caught a couple, and we're back at the boat ramp, pulled up, and the guys are there, and, you know, the little ramp, ramp rats going, oh, how'd you go, mate? Went, yeah, you've got a couple of marlin. He goes, oh, where are they? Went, what do you mean? I said, we let them go. They're yeah. They're too beautiful. And he turns around and goes, you didn't catch him, walked off. And that was that old sort of analogy. Yeah. So I went and got a camera for exactly what you were saying, because you want, you know, when you try and explain it and go,
1: you don't Oh, this it.
0: beautiful fish comes up. It's looking at you. Yeah. They've got this amazing colour. Because when they go and hang them up, they look crap. There's this, this grey, dead.
1: Oh, no. You can't
0: explain what you see in the water. No. And, and that's what led me to the next level. Like. When I did, you know, originally just top water, we used to do all the marlin photography. So for Marlin magazine, there was really... Oh, there was only probably three or four of us in the world that were doing all the top water. Wow. But then as the technology got better and we got digital, it, I started taking the plunge and then jumping in with marlin underwater. And if I thought they were lit up above the water, holy moly, underwater. Like, they swim up to you, striped marlin, all neon, like wow. neon signs and glowing. Yeah. And you know the funny thing? They don't hurt you. They just come up. But they do this they look you up and down like honestly they're curious or they're probably going what the hell is what that what is that <laughs>
1: yeah um the ones in cabo though it's it is only catch and release you can't yeah. yeah you can't actually bring them on the boat
0: you know what that's really interesting so pisces which are one of the big operators there we were talking the other day and they said that and they said a couple of local guys are still sneaking them out mm. and they're trying to stop it because it's you know hard to police mm. but i didn't realize so in australia you can still kill marlin which Do you know what? I reckon they're too beautiful to kill.
1: I don't know what, look, I've never tasted a blue marlin, but yeah, I'm with you on that one. Just
0: look at it and go, there are other fish we can eat. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for killing a fish and Mm. eating. If it dies, and I mean dies properly, which you'll always get the one that'll do it,
1: Mm.
0: take it, but otherwise, do you know what? I just reckon they're too precious to catch once. I just sit there going, you know what? We've got to look after and make sure we do it. And I look at how I fished here in the early days, we'd use like 12 OJ hooks with a striped tuner. The poor old marlin, they weren't living through that. Like, yeah. you know, but that's a learning experience. That's now, we use little 9 VMC inline circles, hooks in the corner of the mouth. We bring them up beside the boat, we snap it so all that's left is the hook. So yeah. the important thing is people think, oh, the hook's bad. It's not bad for a fish because they're bony mouths. You know, they're eating spiky things anyway, they're yeah. not. For them, it's, it's not an issue, and they, they rust out. Your problem is all the line and other bits hanging off, that that can be a problem for them. And now we'd have 100% release. You are know, catching up to 10 fish a day, you're catching them really fast. It used yeah. to take us, I think my first male, like my first one was a blue marlin as well, it took me three hours. Really? I had no idea How what was How big was doing. it? Uh, not as big as yours. <laughs> it was small, it was only for about 100 kilos, I think it was. It was only a small fish. Hundred
1: kilos. What is that in pounds two, though? 220, 230 oh, pounds? was mine was it two mine was two eighty pounds.
0: Still bigger, though, certainly. Still
1: bigger. Yeah. But he probably wasn't as far out. Yeah, well, that's it. Say that. Well, we'll just say that. Maybe, yeah. was str- maybe I'm just stronger it, than Al. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. was coming like,
0: oh, He caught it quicker. It was, it was bigger. It's just not looking And it was ball.
1: in Cabo. Yeah.
0: You've got to go to Cabo. Those Piasse guys were telling us, because they get oh, really good striped marlin bakeballing down there. Mm. And you know the interesting thing? Striped mm. marlin only bakeball in a couple of places on Earth. So South Coast, New South Wales, occasionally New Zealand, and Carbo up to that mag-, mag Bay, I think it is just north. Yeah,
1: Magneti Bay, is, yeah. it? is that uh, what mag- i Yeah, mag,
0: mag-, mag-, mag- Bay or something, Mag something yeah. or other bay, whatever they call it. They're the only places, and they do it where they work with seals. Yeah. So they don't do it alone. So no other... So blue marlin, black marlin, they don't really bait ball at all. Mm. Sailfish do it a bit, but striped marlin do it, and they work with seals and dolphins. Like, I've jumped in a few times where you've got dolphins and seals and marlin That's and awesome. the marlin will swim up and have a look at you.
1: That's awesome. Yeah,
0: the seals they're a bloody nuisance. You know what they do? They push the bait away from you.
1: <laughs> and you know how hard seals it is? Seals are so funny. Oh man. They're so funny.
0: There's such terrible creatures for it. So you go to jump in <laughs> and you've got to try and read because the, the seals will be pushing along. So you jump in the water with all the gear. Oh, missed it. Get back in the boat, drive around again, do it again. I swear to God the seals wait and go, right, he's getting, okay, turn left down. You're man. getting, oh, I missed it. Well, the, so...
1: the seals in Carbo are just like dogs. Like they're fed. Those ones that are hanging around the wharf there. Yeah. They're just they they are fed. They will no swim way. up to the boat. I'll, I need to show you this photo. I'll show, I'll get it out for you. But yeah. Yeah. I had when we were there. I had a seal just swim up to the edge of the boat, and I just fed him.
0: No way. Like, so if you got this on Instagram, yeah, I got the There photo. you go. So you got it. Now we should promote your actual Instagram. Oh, thank so you.
1: So yeah. You gotta put
0: the full. So it's Mary O'Neill official. official.
1: Yep, and um, this photo—you'd have to scroll back a little bit to the that's honeymoon. That's right. Get on there and
0: go back through it, and you will find it in there.
1: Yep, it's in there, and
0: oh. And there's also a big shot of the blue marlin. Let's get down to yeah, the blue
1: marlin's yeah. in there. That's for sure. I mean, yeah, that, that's the. How oh, sick is that? I it's love that. Such
0: a beautiful fish.
1: But yeah, I'll I'll make sure that I can find that. Yeah, jump on
0: there and have a look, and for everyone that's into the country west. And the funny thing is, I'm no good on anything apart from fishing, sports, and stuff i got mates that are all mad keen on it. I'm bloody hopeless on it. It's so the same with all the country western. westerns. Because someone said the other day, it said, oh, who's she interviewing? And I went, I don't know, country singers, I suppose. I don't know. And they said, well, which ones? I went, I don't know any of them. So it's like, <laughs> even looks at me like I'm an idiot. So you've got to, maybe you'd have to tell us a couple of the good okay, ones.
1: So um, the first big, big artist I interviewed was Jason Aldean at the CMC Awards in Australia. And that for me was like, I'm, I was shaking when I interviewed him. because really? Yeah, because I just he is one of my idols. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and he just gave, I just asked him for advice and um, what advice he'd give to up and coming artists. And he was super humble. He was just happy to stand on the stage with me. And it was just him and I backstage by ourselves, which How was just super that? cool. And I'll which was awesome because the country music channel gave me that trust and I got to conduct that interview and it was very comfortable um what other artists shenandoah band is a really old school country band in the states they've been around for forever um so they i interviewed them at the country music at the cma awards on the red carpet that was a big highlight for me um who else kelsey ballerini she's kind of pop on the radio here for pop as well but she's like a breakthrough artist yeah she's doing really well she's kind of like you heard of taylor swift
0: uh, yes, uh, yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah,
1: she's kind of replaced Taylor Swift.
0: Oh, righty-o.
1: Um, but yeah, go onto my website, guys, Honey on the Railroad, and you can see all of my interviews there with different artists, um, and then now I've done the uh, Outdoor Channel this show as well. And, so and what stuff. is the show? So the show is called Hunting for Love Alikes, um, and uh, it's a female hunting competition where they put girls that have large social media following that promote the outdoors, on the show to see whether or not they hunt for the love of it or whether they hunt for the likes. Yeah.
0: That's what a brilliant idea. Yeah. Because that that brings us to a really interesting thing that obviously social media is so important to me that there seems to be a mismatch between it, particularly with fishing and hunting with the girls that, Mm. and like we were saying earlier, how you were talking about that you wanted to do it, but they wouldn't let you have a go. But girls that are, well, let's say they're in their bikini, get lots of follows. And you said before that you lost a couple if you put, you know, Zach up, your husband up. Yes. It's a really, for me, that's a really interesting scenario because I'd follow you because I go, oh, there's, it's that authenticity. I'm you know, looking and go, oh, she's genuine, she loves it. Yeah. But if you're in a bikini all the time,
1: so, you, know, you know, just. Okay, here's the thing there's like a fine line. It's like the old, you know, sex sells type thing. Absolutely, yeah. But it doesn't necessarily make you look credible so and that's something that i've i've learned over the years i there now in this social media world any girl that takes half her clothes off will get a million more likes on social media but is it really credible and do those followers genuinely follow her because they think that she fishes well or because she's a good hunter or are they following her to check her out that's so, exactly you know, it. And so I made that decision a long time ago. Hey, I'm like, I'm not a prude, but like I show my stuff off to my man and that's, that's it. Do you know what I mean? Nothing wrong
0: with that at all. No,
1: like, I mean, I'll get into cosy and whatever when it's summer, but like I don't I don't feel like I, has that's to what people all should the be. Time. Well, or that's yeah. what they should be focusing yeah. on. If somebody's looking at my stuff, I want them to, be, to look at it because they think, oh, she's badass. She actually gets out there and hunts or it's gets genuine. out there and does it so yeah so um that's what this show kind of highlights because you know whether or not these girls are out Genuine there genuinely out. hunting or because they're trying to get attention on social media
0: and it's, it's a really interesting scenario so mo newman who's journey south is exactly the same she is a show mm-hmm. and obsessed like so passionate about mm-hmm. it but she's the same absolute same she goes she's got it. A beautiful bod let's you know she's awesome as well but she doesn't have to go and do it in a bikini she just gets out and goes fishing cause she loves it if it's a sunny day she'd probably wear a bikini but yeah. half the time you have to wear a long sleeve shirt anyway because you get bloody you burnt you get so t-
1: burnt and that's yeah. the thing and like a lot of the photos where you'll see girls out there and they'll be in the field checking trail cameras in hot pants and a bikini top i'm like they would be swarmed in mosquitoes for starters That's, like they're not wearing the appropriate foot attire yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you're in australia or if you're in america being out in the scrub you've either got mosquitoes or gnats or snakes or whatever it's just not practical do you know it's what not, i mean and that goes back so, to that authenticity doesn't it? it's yeah. not genuine no and and i don't need to look good for nature no. Do you know what I mean?
0: Nature doesn't care, does no, like, it like,
1: and don't get me wrong, I've got makeup on right now when I go out I like to get doled up but there's a tum in a place.
0: Yeah, and that's what it I reckon so for all those up and comers, don't go down that path. You get put in a certain box and do you know what? If you're trying to get sponsorship, that does not sell. it's sex sells, but it doesn't sell to the people that are buying, you know, whether it be Shimano or Yeti or, you know, Costa Sunnys, whatever it is that are doing mm. it no one's or even say no. mercury something we're a bigger big ticket item they're not going to buy
1: no look like, you you'll get a couple of free coolers and some free rods or whatever out of it but you're not going to be the person sitting in one of the big um convention centers giving a talk because people because you're not credible if you are educated and you inform other you you've you're informative you know what you're doing that's a whole other thing but there's there's two other sides to it yeah so if you want to go down the sex cells yeah you're going to get free stuff from people cool and that's fine if that's what you want to do but if you want to be seen credible i would go down the, you the know, proper, part. Pro- the proper
0: it's, part it's not a long-term approach and no. yeah you know like you said there'll be numbers but the genuine that authenticity or that that passionate and that's like you say if you stand up i remember years ago here there was a girl called marcia beerman who used to be for used to do game reels from the US and Cole Tannehill, who's actually head of Shimano, organized for her to come out. So it was stand up fishing. Mm-hmm. And she came out, it was a JV Marine down in Melbourne. And this is, I'm talking 30 years ago now. Mm-hmm. So it was a big thing having a, a yank out doing this. And they're up there and one of the she's talking about, it was all the technique of, about how a girl can fight a fish better than a bloke that, you know, it's all about rhythm, like exactly mm-hmm. what we're saying earlier on. Mm-hmm. But she stood up there and starts talking. And so there was this question, you know, everyone's asking how do you use the technique and all that, and someone piped up and went, so how do you rig your baits? How do you do your lures, you know, to catch the fish? And she turned around and went, oh, I don't have to do that. And instantly lost all credibility. Yes. So it's a very similar thing that, you know, if they want to wear a bikini, which now with the sun issues and all that sort of stuff, is probably not that responsible anyway. <laughs> but if you can do that and still stand your own, and be able to rig your baits, catch your own fish, do it all yourself, no problem. But if you can't, you lose cred, I reckon. And it's just, you know, to me, i look at it and go, well, you know what? You're not really stepping up to the plate.
1: No, and why are you really doing it? Are you just doing it for attention from a bunch of random dudes on social media that you're never going to meet in person? And what are they
0: doing for you? You get a few likes. likes. I remember some of the marketing managers I've dealt with over the years go, yeah, but I got 37 likes on Facebook. And I went... Mate, that doesn't sell a Mercury 250. That's like a 35 grand engine. Mm. Trust me, it doesn't work.
1: It's like when I was, when I went on this show for the Outdoor Channel, um, one of my interviews, they were asking me about, so your followers on Instagram and all of this. And I said, all right, let's stop right there. First of all, I consider the people who are on my Instagram account as my mates. I am mates with them. They are mates with me. For the people that I actually connect with and communicate with, if you ever comment on my page, I will I will reply you to you. I'll give you credit. I reply I to at every it. single person, and I consider everybody on there my mates because you're not stupid. You take your time to give me the time to look at my stuff, and I try to do that back. So I think you've got to give people more credit and think of them yeah. as more intelligent as what these others are thinking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? It's yeah. like. Yeah,
0: so and I reckon you're 100. That's an appreciation I did when I looked at your page. You did do it, and when we were doing the live one before for Sportsman's Channel and Outdoor Channel, when it fell over about 10 times, we had the phone <laughs> sitting there, kept falling off. Uh, it was like a Milo and Otis adventure. It turned <laughs> but you were answering all the questions. Yeah, you know, people put it. We had to go and put like sc- scroll up and down to find the questions yeah. again. that's a genuine thing. That's that real genuine. But how did so? Let's go back to your show. Tell us about. Like, I love the idea of love or likes. Like yeah,
1: oh, how, that's so great. How did you
0: enjoy it at the end? Like, how did it... Was that your first... That's your first hunting show, correct?
1: That was my first hunting show. Um, it was with Matt Busbus. Uh, he has a property... He's hosted a bunch of other stuff, but he has a property, 55,000 acres down in Louisiana. Holy oh, Yeah, it's insane. Um, you can actually legally bait down there. So his property is just... Compl- so baiting.
0: So for Australia, what, what do they mean by baiting? So,
1: okay, so for starters... They have troughs that are full of like rice, bean, oh, and right. all of this. Okay. So they feed the deer. They they have um, uh, what do you call it? Hides? No, they they have um. Oh my gosh, what's it called? I'm just. There's on the. the screen
0: suspense, screen. There's thousands of people listening right. No, at they this have room. they <laughs>
1: have they have food crops and stuff like oh, that right, as yeah. well. But you can actually also legally take out bags of corn and. Oh, okay, so you can't do that,
0: so hang on, so you can't do that in some states in the no. US. Oh. no, 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 so
1: It's only some states you can do that, and so on, in Louisiana you legally can, and they have this, these different types of um, feed, one, corn, persimmon, crush, persimmon is a type of fruit, apple beet, crush, and all of this, and you can oh, actually no. put the food out and the deer have this incredible sense of smell so they They come to the food. So it's a a very, it's a different type, for a competition it works. For me when I'm normally hunting, that's not really like how I want to hunt, but but it's really great for a competition because the competition, it's a points competition the way it works. So you're trying to, yeah, so you're hunting whitetail, you're hunting pigs and any other ferals around the property that you can legally hunt. I'll say this as well while I'm, on, while I'm on here. In terms of hogs, guys, they are such a pest. A female gives birth up to three or four times a year and in each litter can have up to 10 hogs. And in that litter, say, half of them are female. So think about the stats on that, that yeah, each, each female then, out. each female from that does the same, does the same, does the same. So you have to have management over them. And they just the destroy same, yeah. the crops. It yeah. is,
0: and it's... It's interesting how pig numbers have dropped down in recent years. There used to be, I remember when I was a kid and we used to hunt, there used to be millions of pigs. And now they've dropped down. It's partially because we've got no water. We're just going dry Dry. in this country. It's all drought. But yeah, the deer are the numbers that are coming up. So going back to it. Yes. So they'd set you up and you'd be with a cameraman in so you, a hide So or?
1: we had five zones each. We get given 5,000 acres each to hunt 5, on. 5,000? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Um, each of your zones have got trail cameras set out. So each day you go and check your cards and you can see what deer moving around those zones. And then you you make the, all the decisions yourself as to where you're gonna hunt morning and night, etc. So I found out pretty quickly where my big bucks were and where there were does and where there was nothing. For me, the way that I like to hunt, I'm not really a points type of hunter. Um, look, it will usually take me a year or a whole season to to get one bark. Um, so if you watch the show, you'll you'll be interested to see my journey throughout it because I struggle with the competition side it's a of it. Genuine
0: hunter, that's what yeah. It is, I yeah. really
1: struggled with the competition side of it, but there is. Um, there's a breakthrough about halfway through and a real um, story twist that happens, plot plot thickens with my character and my um, position on the show evolve. So I'll just say that.
0: Oh, now, when does this air?
1: Um, it airs the 2nd of, 4th of April, sorry, um, so this year. And you can you can download MOTV to watch it and also on the Outdoor Channel in the States.
0: Yeah, I know. Do you know what? I, when I sit there with Mitch, I said, we've got to get this into Australia. Like, yeah. everyone would love it. And I'd, Oh, yeah we the funny thing is hunting in australia is going gangbusters everyone fishes yeah. but we hardly have any but we've got a few fishing shows we've got no hunting shows or any outdoor shows in fact we had some of the stuff that they were getting you know seven mate and all that we're bringing in sort of the the ones shooting gators and all that stuff because yeah. people wanted to watch it but we didn't even have our own like Surely we should be making more stuff here.
1: And hunting actually is growing, especially bow hunting. It's growing so much in Australia. I had a guy who I had grown up with by the beach in Sydney. It was just a surfy, never even thought anything more of it. He came up to me the other day in the street and said, you're a bow hunter, hey? And I said, yeah. And he said, I want to get into it. He said, all the boys are getting into it these days. I said, really? All him and his mates, and these are boys from Sydney, and I was like, that is awesome. Like, I love that. They're, they're just like, yeah, we're just, we're just sick of buying everything from the supermarket. We that's want to know where our food about. comes from. And I'm like, that's great. I Love that. I
0: reckon that's the best way. And I think yeah. if we can teach them, because we still got that analogy in Australia, where it's, oh, you know, it's a pest. We've got to shoot it. It's like, no, no, utilize it. Mm. We've got at the moment, they're up in the, um, I think it's up at a willow tree. We're paying for choppers to fly around and shoot deer and pigs. Down Victoria, they're doing it. I sit there going, and they're dumping it on the ground. At the same time, if you go in a national park, you get arrested yeah. if you go and take a deer out. But they'll, drive, they'll fly around using taxpayers' dollars and leave them there. And they're doing it in the summer, so everything's just rotting and rotting. the flies are everywhere. And I just sit there going, what an absolute criminal yeah. waste of a resource that we could actually make money out of, generate money out of, utilise the resource, and we'd be eating deer.
1: I just And like what I've said to you before, in terms of all the animals that I harvest... I use everything from them. I'll use the antlers for decorations. All my jewelry that's in my home is held by antlers.
0: That is awesome. Um,
1: yeah, for my wedding, it was all decorated with wild turkey feathers and antlers, you know, with my bear rugs, all of this kind of stuff. All of it, when I take an animal, I literally use all of it. That's,
0: and that's a respect for the animal. It's, to me, that's just such a critical part of it. And in Australia, we've seem to have miss that, because I saw in the US that you actually have to, when you get some of those back blocks and stuff like that, that part of the rule is you have to harvest the meat, take the meat out with you, like Mm. in Australia. I mean, we've got it, we're trying now. So in Victoria, you can hunt national parks and it's a great system, but they haven't got it where you have to harvest the deer. So to me,
1: so what they just leave it there.
0: So most of them take them out, but they can they don't have to to That's me so
1: crazy to me. Cause it, just because I learned I started hunting in the States and so I'm like learning all this stuff that I didn't know about Australian laws in hunting, that to me is just bizarre. It's
0: frustrating as hell that it should be like, come on guys, we've got to be utilizing this. It's such a you know, samba deer, it's such a great meat. Yeah, they're a pest, I know that we've got to manage numbers. What better way than putting hunters in there and doing it and If we've got problems we just manage them and don't lock it up manage them it's the same with marine parks we have this thing where instead of going okay we need to put management tools in there to make it better for everyone oh no australia we lock it up
1: but this okay so even for the people that are fence sitters or they you know don't like the hunting or whatever australia is a very health conscious country especially if you're around the coast you see everybody they're trying to eat their um organic this organic that blah 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 venison dear me is the leanest meat that you can get anywhere so think about that it is it is better than a kangaroo it is so lean so just from like a health point of view give it a try because it's delicious it is not gamey and you can oh my gosh it's just the best
0: well the funny thing is everyone that comes around to our place because they all think that the old thing oh it's all full of worms and stuff like that no wild animal can be full of worms it's a tough life out there i know and everyone comes around and once they start eating it they go this is good. oh my god how good is this stuff yeah. and it just yeah i mean that's the frustrating thing it's just we've got to be looking after it and utilize it and get the next generation i love the idea of your old mate going we all want to go and get our own meat like how good is it that people are starting to do it and the more people doing it we get the same thing with fishing they go oh well, there's too many people fishing when actually it's the other way around you want more people fishing but if they're doing the wrong thing, we teach them. Like, mm. I look back over my journey and how much I've learned and evolved. It's been amazing. And even... So when we went fishing the other day,
1: mm. my
0: biggest concern that day was how few people were out fishing. Like, I was quite shocked. I wrote that up for The Telegraph about our day fishing.
1: For I know, a weekend, we've, got a, we've got a current government that are trying to cut out recreational fishing. What the... And, which is just ridiculous, I know.
0: It is so frustrating that we get more people out. Don't lock it up. And, I mean, we, you can't even drink late. Like, if you go to Redfern or something, they, they cut all it, the, they locked everyone out. No Instead way. of managing and going, hey, if someone's going to be a dickhead you get Terps, chuck him in the bloody
1: jail for a couple of nights. Don't get Al and I started on the police state that we currently <laughs> live in. The nanny <laughs> state.
0: We haven't even got the poll. police going to it. We're in a nanny state. Oh, my
1: gosh. So what's the
0: future hold? So the show's coming out. You're yep. back over to Nashville.
1: So I'm headed back to Nashville uh, for the airing of the show on the 4th of April. I've got some turkey hunts. We're doing a release party in Nashville, so that'll be an opening release party for the show. So that'll be a lot of fun in one of the honky tonks downtown. Oh, uh, um, and then I'm going to go on some turkey hunts. I'm going to come back to Australia, hopefully, get a hunt in with yeah, you, which would be and do great. A hunt. Um, I might possibly get a red stag hunt in before I leave Australia in a week or two. Yeah,
0: because the rut's about to be upon about us. About to
1: be, yes. Um, and I have a black bear hunt in Canada in June. Oh, radio. Yep, and then after that, white tails. and bow bow fishing. Bow fishing is so Asian carp stuff like that are a big. Um, are they pest. the
0: jumping ones?
1: They are, and they're and they're a big pest in the states. They they are just everywhere. You cannot shoot enough of them. They really take over all the waterways. Um, but they're really fun to fish or to shoot at because they just jump out of the water. What, so you are
0: shooting them out of the water? They it?
1: jump out of the water and you shoot them as they come out. No yeah, way. It's so much fun with a bow and arrow. Holy moly, yeah, that's you would love it. Work. You would love it. And it, yeah, great workout. Um, so yeah, them, I really want to learn how to noodle this year as well. Yeah, because um, we
0: had someone ask about that earlier on.
1: Yeah, so I know a girl in South Alabama, Hannah Barron, and she's got a huge amount of followers, but she she got Insta-famous, I guess, from noodling this giant catfish down in Alabama, and she is like, they they laugh when her and I get together because she has got the thickest drool Alabama accent, like, you can barely understand her saying i like this, no and then way. I'm aussie as. and so the two of us, people just laugh when her and I are together. So I want to go noodling with her and her dad because they're just like redneck as like. Yeah. That
0: would be awesome. Yeah. Every time our shows are on over there, mm. people send. When are you going to go noodling? And
1: we need to do an episode on noodling on noodling with them. That owl. would be cool. No seriously. We need to do it. Because every time I was,
0: because when they first did it, and I'll admit it, I thought they meant like chicken noodles i had no idea and so this person said a, a texting going oh like a messaging going when are you going to go noodling and I'm like, what
1: the hell why is does I everyone talking? care about this yeah, so yeah, much i
0: couldn't understand it i'm like i looked it up and went oh it's fishing
1: it's yeah. not
0: Boiling some noodles up for dinner—it's yeah, it's, bloody catfish. It's
1: your, if you put. You can either put a glove on. You would want to put a glove on. Um, some of the crazies don't. No, but I'm
0: going in raw. Yeah. That's it, I'm going
1: in raw. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the catfish get into these catfish holes, and you put your hands in, and you put. There's a certain way that you grab them so that it doesn't hurt the fish they latch onto your arm and you pull them out of the hole and then you hold them up and it's like you never know it's like the lucky dip you never know what you're going to get until you pull it out imagine
0: if you said you were doing that in Australia you did it you'd put your hand down end up mud crab hole so you'd lose your arm or you
1: get bitten by a snake
0: or there's a snake or if you do it up north a crocodile would sneak oh, up behind yeah. and chew on you like- when that bloke said before, saying, oh, you know, you should try noodling in Australia. Oh, no, no, we're not getting in the water. No, it's too should, bloody dangerous. You can just
1: say that to them. You go, all right, your turn.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> it. After you, that's it. Well, i tell you what. So what else? Nothing else has come up? Because that sounds like it's bloody busy for yeah, you. Yeah, it's
1: a busy, busy year. But I plan on spending a fair bit of time this year back in Australia. I've come back for, you know, a few months. Well, I've been back now for two months. And it makes... uh When you're away, sometimes you kind of adjust and you forget... Yep. you get so caught up in how busy your life is but i'm back home at the moment and i love australia so much so i really want to spend some time here this year hunting down at my farm doing all of that as well so and get
0: zach get the better half out because we're not like instagram we like it that you've got a husband and stuff it's a <laughs> get him out here as well and yep. we'll take him hunting and stuff yeah we can't show him any turkeys oh actually you know what we'll take him around sydney there'll be a lot of turkeys around there for him
1: yeah we'll see <laughs> Not how the how wild ones. Oh my gosh! somebody actually messaged me the other day and said so do you eat the turkeys and i'm like yeah and they're like Really, and I'm like, it's not like a bush turkey in Australia. That's, that's what the they thing thought. Thing. And I'm like, no.
0: You know what? We should. T- we, I'll tell you what. We're gonna bring Zach out. We're gonna show him, and we'll go and show the bush turkey. And go. Oh, There's right. our version there, yeah. of a turkey. Try and call that yeah, in. Call that in. It'll, all you have to do is hold up a bit of bread. It'll come straight over to you. Yeah, that's
1: right. They're like a little pest.
0: Oh, I tell you. So, well, that is what an awesome. I must admit, I've had an absolute ball just chatting to you about. And you know what? I've learned about country and western and all that as well. I knew mm-hmm. nothing i might even have to look up these people at the end of this so yep. make sure so they've got to see you on instagram
1: yep instagram is mary o'neill official my website with all of my hosted interviews is honey on the and the show that i'm on is on the outdoor channel and motv which you can download it's hunting for lover likes and you can give that a follow on instagram as well
0: just before we close how on earth did you come up with honey on the rail
1: Okay, Honey on the Railroad. <laughs>
0: I meant to ask before, no. how on earth did you get an email? Do you like, like it? I reckon it's great.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so when I came back and I, was, I had made the decision I was going to go to Nashville, I realized that I needed to create my own platform because um, digital, the digital platform in Australia was decreasing and mm-hmm. I couldn't see long-term work for me um, being that profitable. So I knew I'd have to get over to the States at some stage, yep. so I created my own platform. <laughs> And it need, I needed to have a catchy name. And I wanted it to be country, and I wanted, but I wanted it to also be me. And so I started just going over names, names, names. Denim and pearls, all these things. And then I was like, what do you love? Like, what to you means country music? And I thought, the railroads. Like, oh, the railroads yeah. to me, when I think of the countryside, when I think of the best stories the war boys going off you know all of that stuff i think of railroads and then the honey well my favorite drink is honey whiskey on the rocks oh
0: now i knew it'll always end with alcohol always ends
1: with the whiskey so yeah and then i was like honey whiskey is my favorite song and like what good country song hasn't got whiskey in it and so then i was like honey on the railroad and then oh i like that
0: I reckon it's brilliant and I meant to ask before I reckon it's a brilliant idea well I'll tell you what we've had an absolute ball we're going fishing we've got some hunts coming up now make sure you did anything you want to ask use the social media platforms whatever you want to call us make sure you follow Mary and you know what I'm going fishing because that's enough podcast for today Mm -hmm. fishing is my life it's in my DNA from above the water and below the surface, it's who I am. Join me as I travel the world in search of the most insane fishing experiences on the planet. You got him! Oh, yeah. Big fish right there, Al. Yeah, baby. the size of it.
1: Come on. Oh, oh, f- how is good is, right. is that?